Hello there, I'm Katie Thistleton and on today's episode of Getting Ahead with Apprenticeships, we're all going to be talking about the IT and digital industry. We're going to cover what kind of work you'll be doing as an apprentice, if you need experience to get a place and how it differs from doing a traditional degree. So with me today, I've got Matt Bromley, Head of Apprenticeships and Online Learning at the University of Derby. Emily Merrison, Head of Early Careers at Airbus, and Hannah Adigan, a Digital and Technology Solutions Degree Apprentice at IBM. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today. We're going to start with the main question on everyone's mind. What actually is the difference, Matt, between studying IT and digital as a degree apprenticeship compared to doing a traditional degree? Well, let's first start with what an apprenticeship is, and that is the, the same qualifications you get if you studied the traditional route or the degree apprenticeship route. So that's the same qualification, it's nationally recognised uh, and you'll come out with the same standing academically, but also you'll have four years of job experience. So you'll have worked, you'll have developed your skills and experience through that period and you'll have a real sense of where you want to go in the future in terms of your career. Amazing. So Hannah, that's what you're doing at the moment. It's very exciting. How many days do you work versus studying and do you go on campus when you study? Okay, so yeah, we have the 80% 20% split. So um, the way my apprenticeship is done is that I do one day a week going to university, studying and doing virtual sessions online. So that's on the Monday and then Tuesday to Friday, I work at IBM. Amazing. So tell us about IBM. What do you do there? So IBM is a tech firm, essentially. We work within tech and consulting. So we work with clients um, and we provide technological solutions, essentially. How soon were you in the workplace? Did you have to do a load of studying first or were you straight in on day one? So as part of the onboarding process when I joined, I had to do quite a lot of independent training. So that was done online and it was just doing a lot of different courses through the training website that we have at my company. Amazing. In terms of course start dates, does it work the same when you do a degree apprenticeship as when you do a traditional degree? No, I think remember that apprenticeships is all employer-led. So when you, with these standards that we have in England... Um, what you start with is a trailblazer group. You start with a range of different, you know, usually sector leading organizations that say these are the skills that we need for the future of our industry. So it's all for training providers like myself, we're responsible and responsive to organizations. So if they want to start a cohort in January or in March or in May, we tend to respond to that and say, yep, yeah, you know, if that's where your demand is, then that's what we'll respond to and we'll we'll try and make sure we work for the employers. And what about if you're in Wales or Scotland or Northern Ireland, can you still start at different times? It's not always the, the same as the uh, traditional university degree start dates. Yeah, there are nuances in funding arrangements and differences in how that's set up in, in Northern Ireland and different yeah, different funding routes. But essentially, yeah, hopefully training providers like myself would be responsive to those employers. So the main difference here between, you know, doing a traditional degree and doing a degree apprenticeship, it seems to me, is how the funding works. So, Emily, companies like yours fund basically the university fees, don't they, for the apprentices? Yeah, I think that that is the beauty of the degree apprenticeship from the learner's perspective, because they're getting the qualifications paid for by the organisation. Um, and, you know, unless things go terribly wrong, they've almost got a guaranteed job at the end of it as well. Um, so that's kind of the beauty of a degree apprenticeship from a learner's point of view. There's lots of benefits. What skills are some of your apprentices learning then, would you say? And are those skills transferable? 
So a real broad variety. Um, Airbus is a, an engineering manufacturing company of aircraft. Um, so the bulk of our degree apprentices do engineering skills, but we have a growing IT and digital um, degree apprenticeship offering where uh, we are looking for skills in computer science, math, science, all of those great topics. But we're also looking for people who have got uh, drive and ambition and who are creative and curious as well. So it's not all about the qualifications. It's also about that willingness to learn and that curiosity um, to yeah progress their careers. Is that something that you see with your students, Matt? Are they learning skills that will be transferable, whatever they go on to do? Yeah, absolutely. So if we go back to um, the difference between a traditional degree and a degree apprenticeship, often with a traditional degree, a lot of the work is kind of simulated through placement activities. Whereas with a degree apprenticeship, it's real world learning. You're learning teamwork in a real practical environment. You're learning project management skills. You're actually delving into some of those key things that you'll need to do. So all of that 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 learning that you're doing is not it's it's not simulated in any way. It's actually messy learning that you can kind of reflect on. You can change the way you approach things in the future, and you get so much value from that as you progress in your in your apprenticeship. Do you still feel like you can have a social life as an apprentice? So obviously as an apprentice, you know, you work full time and you also study. So it does mean that your time is a bit more limited in comparison to traditional uni students. However, I feel like it does come down to just time management. If you are able to get yourself into a good routine, you know, be disciplined with your deadlines and your time management, definitely have time for a social life. And, you know, there are lots of different apprentice events, networking events that you can go to to meet other apprentices. Um, and, you know, I still find time to have fun and I still go to Freshers events, you know. You are still eligible, I suppose, to go to events. So, yeah, you know, I can still have fun as an apprentice and I do. Great. So you, you can have fun with the other apprentices. You can still go to Freshers Week, which is excellent. Um, what about sort of in the workplace, Emily? Do the apprentices that you work with get involved with the social life there? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a really good, strong network of young professionals at Airbus, and that includes not just our apprentices, but the interns and the graduates that we also have on our programmes. So they have lots of social events together. They do lots of, um, as well as the social side of things, they do lots of sort of outreach to schools, for example, and and that allows them to sort of bond and mix together with recognition events. And, and also, I guess you can't underestimate the fact that they are also, our apprentices are also socialising with the real world employees as well. So they've got mixed age groups that they're also um, socially involved with, um, which, yeah, which is great. And so they're getting a perspective, not just from the young professionals that they're working with, but also from our regular em employees as well. So as a training provider, it's important that we provide the same access to all services as any traditional student. So for an apprentice, you'll still have access to clubs and societies, uh, student union membership, you'll have access to library services, career services, well-being. So all of that will be available and there should be no difference to what, you, what you've access to if you were studying as a degree apprentice or as a traditional student. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the benefits that you get through being employed? Okay, so as an employee, obviously I have that salary and I get two pay rises a year. Um, we also have like reward system where we can benefit from like gym membership discounts, um, just retailer discounts as well. How did you find it going into the workplace, Hannah, when it was that mixed age environment? Did you find it was easy to make friends? Um, it was definitely a shock to the systems. You know, like, 
<laughs> You're like, who are all these people who are over 21? Yeah. Gosh, look at them. It was a big shock to the system. You know, I'd just come from a sit form and, you know, we'd all the same ages, you know. So coming in, finding that some people have even been working at the company before I was even born. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they don't like it when you point that out. But they don't. <laughs> they don't. And, you know, it was quite a new environment for me. But, you know, I, as time went on, I started getting used to it, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. You're like, gosh, some of these people have ha- houses and children and things. <laughs> never come across these people before. That's really funny. But it sounds like it's it's a great environment. And what a great experience because you're mixing with people your age and actually you're mixing with um people of different ages, which maybe a traditional student wouldn't do for a for a good few years. So you're getting a real breadth of, of experience there. So tell us about what it's like when you get stuck into work on day one. What kind of things do you work on? Paint paint us a little picture of a day in the life of Hannah. Okay, so obviously I work within tech and they encourage hybrid working. So, you know, I can go into the office whenever I like or I can work from home. Um, When I am working from home, you know, I wake up and we have our stand-up meetings where we talk about, you know, what we did the previous day, what we plan to achieve in the day and any blockers we may have come across. So, you know, once we have our meetings, we then get on and do work. And obviously I work as a project manager, so I'm less involved in like the software development side of things because I work within a software developer team. So I'm more, you know, in charge of like managing the team a little bit, making sure everyone's doing their tasks. I'm also assigning tasks to people as well. So, you know, I work closely with a scrum team and we essentially (laughs) assign tasks to people. And the boss. Yes, I am. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You're telling everyone what to do. I like that. Project managing. So do you work on your own a lot or are you part of a team or a bit of both? Okay, so I work within a software development team and there's quite a few of us. But within that team, we have a smaller group of scrum masters and business analysts. So I'm within that team and I work quite closely with three other people. So we essentially plan all the meetings for the team, all the sessions that we run. You know, we essentially come together to create that amazing that sounds really cool sounds like you've got a lot of responsibility yes i do how do you kind of cope with that when you're working on your own do you always know what to do or do you have to kind of ask for help um you know i'm quite fortunate in the sense that my team always encourages questions you know Great. so um when i do feel like i might not know things or i'm not too sure you know i can always run to them and ask questions um but it is a bit of responsibility and sometimes i think you know they're trusting me with quite a bit you know because it, it is quite a fundamental part of the team you know we do essentially help to plan the team so you know if I do have any questions I know who to run to. So your project manager at the moment Hannah do you get experience in different areas of IT and digital? So I've been working at my company for over a year now and in that time I've had the opportunity to experience a bunch of different roles so consulting, software development and obviously now project management. Um, Within this apprenticeship you know they really encourage you to explore different areas of tech. At the end of the day tech is a massive field, lots of different areas to specialise in. So you know right now I'm in my third role but um, I hope you know by the time that I finish my apprenticeship I would have explored a few different roles. I'm quite optimistic and yeah, quite willing to explore different roles and that's what the apprenticeship allows me to do as well. Great, that sounds fantastic. I'm sold. <laughs> um, Matt, in terms of what you're actually learning in the classroom, in the lecture hall, on the course, is it the same stuff that you'd be learning if you're doing a traditional degree? It is, yeah, because these are um, these are equivalent degrees generally, you know, mm. so they, they have the same standing when you graduate as a as another kind of computing, computer science degree. So yeah, you will specialize throughout the the course of your studies. And um, usually that first year is a bit of a leveler. So you you kind of all on the same page, you're getting to find out about the industry, 
you're finding out about what, what areas really interest you. And then from there, you can start to move around different placements, things that interest you particularly, and then you'll start to really specialize and work towards those final projects where you can have a real impact on the organization. And on top of that, you've got all this experience in the workplace too. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, to have four years of experience and to have the equivalent degree, I mean, it's fantastic. What's, what's not to like? Yeah. I, 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 I'm yet to find it. I'm yet to find the thing not to like. Do degree apprenticeships differ whether you're in England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland? I think it's important to know that opportunities to get into degree apprenticeships are available in all four countries. Um, it's best to do some personal research and have a look at that. The key differences really are more for the employer to look at in terms of how the, how the apprenticeships are funded. But, but for an apprentice, it's more about finding the right organisation or the right opportunity for you and leave probably leave it to the employer to be, to be more concerned about how the funding routes are managed and the training provider really. To have a look, do some personal research, have have uh, find out what's available in your area, and then uh, and then apply. What support do apprentices get from their employers, Emily? From an Airbus perspective, we give them quite a bit of support. Um, they are supported not only through their technical work in the company, so they all have a placement manager and they all have a mentor within the organisation to help them through their workplace placements um, and then they are also supported really well by the education provider as well um, we have not only the technical side supported but we also support them a lot with their welfare and their well-being as well um, I think it's important that the organization and the employer recognizes that we they aren't the finished article and they are going to need help and they are going to need support and they will make mistakes and as long as those mistakes are supported and learned from um, you know, th there's no reason why that should that that should be an issue. And so, yeah, we are. They, they've got support from lots of different areas. Great. And on top of that, presumably, if you're a degree apprentice, you get the same support from the university as you would if you were doing a traditional degree. You do get the same support. Actually, you probably get more support because within the the funding rules for apprentices, we have to actually check in with apprentices every twelve weeks, and that's many organised many universities will have the same sort of personal academic mm. tutoring services. But for apprentices, we have to actually sit down. And that's why we have uh, what's called a tripartite relationship. So we have the employer representative, usually a mentor or a manager. We have the apprentice and we have ourselves. And we have that regular check-in. We see what, what development's taking place, what they're working on, what support they need. And then we're able to look at action planning into the future. That's great. Do you feel like you're well-supported, Hannah? Yeah, you know, as an apprentice, you get support from not only your uni, but from the company as well. I have my own employee mentor who works within the same field as me. And, you know, we have meetings every month just to see where I'm working and see if, you know, we can improve and get me up to the level that I desire to be. Um, and, you know, at uni as well, you know, we have our tripartite reviews. So we have our like 12 week meetings where we catch up with the uni mentor and my foundation manager. And we basically track my progress, see how I'm doing, see if there's anything I need to work on. And yeah, I feel generally really supported. There's also lots of opportunities to not only go and apply for mentorships, but also to be a mentor. And, you know, it's been a really good opportunity and yeah, just feel really supported. Brilliant. That sounds great. Sounds like you're getting loads of support, which is really important because you're obviously learning new things. So, you know, mistakes might happen. Have you made any mistakes yet? I made quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate your honesty, Hannah. No, I've, I've made quite a few and, you know, I feel like I am able to make those mistakes, you know, and they understand that I'm an apprentice. I don't know everything. I'm bound to make mistakes. So they just support me, you know, and through that support, I get better. So that's great. So no no potential consequences. So they, they <laughs> accept that you make those mistakes. Yes. It's going to happen, isn't it? And I suppose that's what you learn from. 
Does a degree apprenticeship in IT and digital always translate into a job when you finished, Emily? Yeah, I mean, we have really good loyalty from our apprentices that work at the company. Um, the retention rates are really high. Um, I think uh, the very fact that they have made and created networks whilst they've been on their degree apprenticeship, not just in their home department that they were originally recruited into, but they've had the opportunity to move around and see other areas of the business as well and create networks offers up opportunities for roles at the end of the uh, apprenticeship as well. And I think because digital and IT skills in particular are so needed, not just by my company, but across the board, um, really, you know, the world's your oyster in terms of job opportunities at the end of the apprenticeship. Absolutely. And how does gaining all that practical experience and all of those skills actually on the job help you? Well, you just build up so many transferable skills, whether it's project management, whether it's just persuasion, negotiation, leading projects, um, working with data, understanding the the world and the cyber threats that we face, all of those things, you know, organizations are crying out for that, that type of skill at the moment. So um, these are really in-demand areas. And because the apprenticeship is designed around that apprenticeship standard, which organizations have set out and said this is what the skills we want you know that those skills are already in demand so you know by by completing these qualifications you know that you've got a range of skills which employers have already said yet yeah, those are in yeah great makes you really sought after i'm sure anna what do you think people's perceptions of apprenticeships are um there's definitely a lot of misconceptions and a lot of people are actually uninformed about the benefits of doing an apprenticeship a lot of people see it as the lesser alternative to university or see it as a route that you mm. take because maybe you didn't get into university. A lot of people, when I tell them, you know, I'm doing an apprenticeship, it's like they pay me in a sense and they're like, oh, like, oh, did you not get into uni? What happened? And it's like, this is a good route. But unfortunately, I feel like people are just misinformed about the benefits mm. of an apprenticeship. Um, you know, they either think it's for people that didn't get into uni or they think it's for people that just want to do like, construction jobs or like manual jobs all of that they don't really realize that it's evolved into like a number of different industries like engineering it business i think you're right i didn't realize myself to be honest that there were apprenticeships in so many different industries now and also something that people might not realize is that the degree qualification that you're getting is the same as if you did a, a traditional degree so it's actually the same but on top of it you've got all of this work experience as well, which is great. Do you have to actually stick to IT and digital once you've finished, Emily? Uh, well, it depends on the organisation, I think. Um, from our side, um, there are transferable skills into engineering um, and into some of the other areas. Um, I mean, the idea is that we are developing the the person from the bottom up so they are getting a, a really thorough and broad um, experience of, of careers within IT and digital, but there's no reason why as part of their apprenticeship if they've seen a particular area which they really like and, and they've got a passion for you know that they could swap into you know engineering or even one of the commercial areas of the business as well. And what happens if you do change your mind when you start doing the apprenticeship Matt are there options? Yeah there are there, you would obviously have to talk to your training provider and talk to your organisation and have a look at those if you start a degree apprenticeship at 18 and you finish at 22 you've got a long career ahead of yeah. you, you know you can find you know you can go into other areas if you want you know in, in often in these major companies which are global you might want to travel abroad you know do more in languages there's loads and loads of opportunities well if someone's listening to this right now or watching this and thinks yeah do you know what this sounds exactly what i want to do what actually makes a good it and digital apprentice what are employers looking for emily 
Uh, okay, so from a technical perspective, we'll be looking for people who have got a real interest in the subject matter and have perhaps done, um, you know, have, have experience in things like software development and coding and Python and those kinds of topics. But don't worry too much about the technical side. You know, it's also about looking for that rounded person who's pushed themselves, challenged themselves, has shown a willingness to uh, improve their their skills. Maybe somebody who's done some volunteering, for example, somebody who's created their own apps, somebody who likes to take computers apart and see how they work. Um, you know, those are also the types of skills that we're looking for, curiosity, interest, and uh, a willingness to sort of push yourself uh, outside of your kind of regular school career. Do you need to have work experience already in IT and digital, would you say, Hannah? Um, it's always good to have because, you know, during the application process, it can help you stand out and, you know, you can talk about in interviews, talk about the skills that you acquired and how that can help you be a good candidate for the role. But it's definitely not necessary. Well, not in my opinion. I don't feel like, you know, employers require you to have it necessarily. Um, I feel like a willingness to learn is very important if you can demonstrate that throughout the application process, that you're willing to learn, you're passionate, you're intrigued about technology. You know, you definitely spark the interest of the employer. Would you agree with that, Emily? And if people do want to get some experience, what types of things can they be doing so that they stand out in the future? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, um, you know, make sure you've thought about if you've got time before you're going to be applying for these apprenticeships, can you get a part-time job, for example, so you can talk about that in your interview. Um, And if that's not possible, maybe do some volunteering. Um, But yeah, have a think about the types of uh, behavioural skills that an employer is going to be looking for just as much as the technical skills in the background in computer science and maths and so on. Is there anything else that you think, Matt, people could be doing to make sure that their application really stands out? I think from from what the other people on the panel have said, really, it's those uh, it's those where you've shown additional curiosity, taking on additional responsibility, even if that's, you know, leading a sports team or, you know, volunteering or doing something with the scouts or guides or doing Duke of Edinburgh, you know, it's those additional things where you've shown that you're willing to take on additional work or, or have a part-time job, even if you had a Saturday job or even a paper round, you know, these things really show that you're willing to take on some responsibility um, and it gives you something really to talk about when you get to that interview. It gives you more experience and more more um, more qualities that you can bring, I think. Is there a stereotype, do we think, of what a person who works in IT and digital is? And and is, if so, is that stereotype wrong? Is it an industry that's for everybody? I would say it's an industry for everybody, really. I think, um, obviously, we've got, uh, in the country, we, we've got a bit of a productivity crisis. We're really driving that STEM agenda at the moment. Um, we want to get more um, more women into the, the sector. So really, these, these apprenticeships are a way of putting employers in the driving seat. They know what the skills they need. Uh, and and providers are then responding to that, you know, and by working with those organisations, we're driving the the skills for the future and getting the right talent in the right place. So it's not, it's for everyone. It's not for, we shouldn't be stereotyping these roles, Mm -hmm. essentially. What do you think of that, Hannah? Do you think there are stereotypes in terms of what an IT and digital employee is? Yeah, I feel like there are a few stereotypes in the sense that, you know, people typically associate tech with purely, you know, just sitting on a computer, you know, 24-7, doing coding a lot of the time. Uh, What a lot of people don't realise is that tech is constantly evolving. You know, there's so many different areas within tech, especially in non-technical roles as well. You know, there's project management, there's consulting, there's areas that don't require constant coding Mm. and um, what a lot of people feel that kind of puts them off is that it's purely based on coding, which isn't quite true. 
that's a really important distinction to make because I think when you've said that, I thought, oh yeah, I do have an image in my mind that you've got to be like this person who just knows the ins and outs of a computer, like you can take it apart and you know everything and you, you know, and actually there are so many different areas as we've already discussed. What questions will employers ask in an interview for the apprenticeship? So as well as um, exploring the, um, the candidate's uh, technical skills and their qualifications a little bit, I think most of the interviews now are focused more around behaviours. So they will ask you a series of questions that are designed for you to be able to try and give examples of a time when you've demonstrated a particular behaviour. And you might not have loads of work experience, so you can draw from, you know, your experience working in sports teams or in your part-time job or whatever, but try to prepare by thinking about actual real-life examples of the types of behaviours that they're going to likely be looking for. And those are quite broad in terms of a lot of companies are looking for the same things ha do some research again that's what i would say so have a look on the company's website do they have a set of values and behaviors and if they have and it's things like teamwork um customer service these types of things then have a think about an example of a time when you've been able to demonstrate good team working and, and just do a little bit of preparation around that i think importantly with any interview it's trying to be yourself as well and be authentic and that's what people want to see they want to see the real you they want to see some passion and enthusiasm and some drive don't get too hung up on the technical stuff do a bit of preparation um, and that that should set you in good stead Hannah you are loving it yes I am and you're obviously smashing it as well you're obviously doing really really well you managed to secure that place so any final tips from you if there's anyone out there who thinks yes I want to be the next Hannah <laughs> um, I would just say to be yourself in the application process, you know, employees actually want to get to know you on an individual basis, I suppose, especially towards the end of the application process. So, you know, be yourself, obviously try your best to kind of stand out in the application process, ask as many questions as possible. Um, and also believe in yourself, you know, degree apprenticeships are quite competitive and you may not get it on the first try. You know, I went through quite a few different applications, but, you know, um, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. Some great insight in there. Thank you to Matt, Emily and Hannah for sharing all your insider knowledge with us. And also a big thanks to you for tuning in. If you're still considering which sector is right for you, don't forget to check out our other episodes. We cover loads of industries like law, science, creative and design and more. We hope you've got everything you need to help you get ahead and make the best choice for you. See ya. Hi, Sam from UCAS here. While that episode was packed with great info and insight about apprenticeships, and if you're thinking about an apprenticeship, here are my top tips of what to do next. Firstly, remember you can apply to both university and college courses and apprenticeships. So why wouldn't you? Keep your options open, do your research and make those applications. If you've started a university and college application, your grades, your experiences, the skills you might have referenced in your personal statement can all be used to help you write your CV. Just remember when you're listing those skills to make sure you've got examples to demonstrate how you can actually use them, particularly if you get an interview. Look at lots of vacancies for job descriptions so you know the kinds of tasks and responsibilities that you're going to need to do. And be sure to put as much research as possible into the employer. It's really important you know the sort of environment you're gonna be working in. You need to tailor your covering letters and your CVs, and this will help you show your enthusiasm, particularly at interview. Check out Career Finder for our vacancies, but also look at local job sites, LinkedIn, socials. 
There'll be some fantastic opportunities available in your local and regional areas. It's not just corporate companies that offer apprenticeships. And remember, not everyone is going to call it a higher or a degree apprenticeship. Some will just refer to the levels. So keep your eyes peeled for level four to level seven apprenticeship. Level four is the equivalent to the first year of university and a level seven is the equivalent to a master's. Be sure to ask your employer if there's the opportunity though to move up through the levels if you'd like to work towards a full degree. Don't forget, you can find out about other industries with Katie by heading to ucas.com, YouTube, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform.